when we call upon him he hears us he likes the condition of a weary soul if the hunger and the test is directed to him he gladdens himself and out of his excesses out of his bounty he makes grace available you will find grace tonight in the name of Jesus there's a long study that I want to begin today I tried to make it systematic I failed many times until I decided not to like I, I just left I pray it will make meaning to you I pray in the name of Jesus Christ Amen you know we read yesterday the Bible says love not the world not the things of the world for if any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him and there's a contrast that I would like us to see here is either that the love of the world reigns supreme in your life and administers authority upon your heart and soul or that the love of God has saturated you and by the same love of God you are constrained to do the will of God did you, did you get me it's either that the world has gained mastery over your heart and it has preoccupied you and if this kind of mastery is gained over your heart it doesn't matter whether you speak in tongues or prophesy but all of your strength all of your circuits in your everyday is ordained and conditioned by reason of that idol in your heart to adorn the kingdom of darkness the best of what you do even if you are a preacher of the gospel and there is that idol upon your heart it affects your ministry it affects what you do the purpose of what you do is affected the end point of your vision is tilted and everything you do is as a result of that which you have allowed your heart to be seduced by so it's either that the love of God is the one ruling your heart and determining what you do or the love for the world or something in the world has gained that mastery over you so as our sister speaks about the world and the love of the world I want to speak about the love of the father which is supposed to be the antidote tablet that we need to function in to be drugged by so that nothing that is in the world will be able to have that authority sufficient to attract us and to give a definition to our lives and to place a, a price tag upon our name the love of the father the bible says that when we are if we are lost in the valley of the world and we are being attracted and drawn and, and and compelled and constrained by that which is in the world or that which the world is then it means that we were able to yield to that level of deception at the expense of our love and our covenant of loyalty to the father amen i say amen hallelujah it is needful for us to understand that the old testament reveals to us how that the relationship that god has with the people of israel is a relationship of covenant that is most reflective of a situation of marriage if we move to the book of isaiah chapter 54 from verse 5 to 7 
you will see God making some strange kind of statements. That's why it's difficult for Gnostics to understand the scripture. It's difficult for atheists to understand the scripture. Because God reveals his, his, his purposes through diverse kinds of metaphors. And except you are driven by the spirit of God, you may not get to see the belly of that which God is communicating. He, he, he wants to speak about something and he, he uses a metaphor to illustrate that thing. For instance, if God speaks about the church and the church is actually a spiritual entity. And you see, it's difficult for you to describe something that is spiritual. But if God wants to describe a spiritual thing, he uses a metaphor. For instance, you see in scripture that the church is referred to as God's building. And everything that you know in civil engineering about a building applies to that revelation of the church as a building. Hallelujah. Every time we refer to the church as a building, then we talk about the foundation, then we talk about the pillars. And the Bible reveals that Christ is the foundation. And the Bible reveals that the church is the ground and the pillar of truth. All these are revelations of the church of Jesus from a spirit dimension referring to that aspect of it that satisfies the picture of the metaphor of a building. Then you see the Bible speaking again about the church as a bride. It's a metaphor. Hallelujah. And when, when, when the Bible begins to speak about the church as a bride, it begins to speak about devotion. It begins to speak about chastity. It begins to speak about, the, uh, about purity. About faithfulness. These are the things that are being depicted in this other metaphor. But he's still speaking about the church, but from a different angle, a different plane. Are you still with me now? He, 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 he gets to speak about the church and he calls the church a temple. Because it's spiritual. For instance, the Bible is the book about Christ. The storybook about Christ. And from the Old Testament, from the first page to the last page, it speaks Christ. But Christ is unveiled in different metaphors because he is a spiritual entity. If you cannot grasp his multifarious dimensions until God begins to illustrate it with things that are within the scope of the world that you have seen and known. Amen. So when we want to talk about God, and about the purposes of God sustained in his heart. We see in scripture several metaphors that reveal his will. Reveal his stand. Reveal his passion. One of those strange metaphors. Strange dimensions of God's oppression with his people. The best way to illustrate it was a covenant of marriage. Many scriptures there are in the book that reveal that dimension. In the book of Isaiah chapter 54 from verse 5 to 7 if you are with me say amen it says for thy maker is thine husband the lord of hosts is his name thy redeemer the holy one of israel the god of the whole earth shall he shall be called hallelujah husband if we move to the book of jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2 the same revelation comes to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a totally different prophet from Isaiah. Isaiah received that revelation. That there was a bonding, there was a covenanting that God has restricted himself to, to Israel. And that bonding and covenanting is the same kind of bonding that exists in a marriage situation. 
Now if you move with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2 You will see how that God has committed himself in loyalty To a people as a husband would do a wife Are you still with me? He said, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine spouse house, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in the land that was not sown. He said there was something going between him and Israel. So much so that Israel paid the price to set him out in the wilderness. I don't know if you have ever fallen in love before. Once I fell in love, hallelujah, the Lord give you understanding. It's a man that is in love that can move from Lagos to, Mac- to Makodi. He doesn't feel it. It's like from here to the backside. He's moving under the, it's like an anesthesia. Before you go for um, an, an operation, something, a kind of injection is administered. It's anesthesia. It doesn't make you, you don't sense the cutting of the blades. You don't sense the pinch of the needles. Somehow it, 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 it takes the pain away. That's how love is. You can stand in the sun in the name of love and smile. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody say Jesus. Move with me again to the book of Ezekiel chapter 16. Is it the kind of love that God was speaking about that he exercises over the nation of Israel? It's, it's quite romantic. It's quite wonderful. It's a love that puts him on the line. Not a vocal kind of love that doesn't get to the heart. It's a, it's a, it's a committed love. And we see that commitment in the book of Ezekiel chapter number um, 16. Before I go on, we just need to lay this foundation. Sorry. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse number 8, the Bible says, Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time, thy time was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yeah, I swear unto thee and entered into the covenant with thee, saith the Lord, Thou and thou became mine. Jesus. It's like paying a bride price. You go to the village and you are given a list. And if you happen to stumble into the, the, the western part of this country and you get to see their list, there, there, there are no punctuation marks upon that list. You will not find the comma because everything stands alone. The Lord give you understanding. God is saying the kind of love I had for Israel is that of commitment. I paid the price so that you will be mine. Jesus. <laughs> and by the time we move to the book of Songs of Solomon. No, let's not go there yet. We see all of this. This is the kind of love that God had for Israel. He was ready to show it on the streets. Have you ever seen somebody, you know, the traffic around the roundabout is always congested. And then somebody proclaiming his love to a damsel right in the traffic. God can be that committed. If, he, if, if by doing that, he can show you what his heart sustains. He doesn't mind standing by the, in the midst of the traffic and crying out. 
was a love of commitment. He was ready to give something in order to make that love good. He was ready to pay a price in order for, for it to be administered. And when we move into the New Testament from the book of Ephesians, you begin to see that the same kind of covenant and love that existed between God and the nation of Israel is also prevalent in the church. The Bible speaking in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. The Bible says that Christ sanctifies the church. It, it's, he sanctifies the church so that he can present the church unto himself, not having spot, not having wrinkle. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? It's a marriage covenant. And he garnishes that covenant with so much love. Hallelujah. I'd like to show us a little scripture here so that you know where God will stay. If, if God wants a choice of where to stay in the book of Matthew chapter 21 verse 17, you will find out where God would rather stay. Hallelujah. In Matthew 21 And precious name, oh, how sweet, hope of and joy of heaven. In the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 17, the Bible says, And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and lodged there. Do you still remember at what point in Jesus' ministry are we referring to here in Matthew 21? Jesus had finished his ministry in the countryside and now he was going to deliver himself to death. His primary place of assignment at that point in time was Jerusalem where he will be tested, where he will be judged, where he will be examined where he will be arrested, where he will be tried, and where he will be crucified. That was his primary place of assignment at this point in time. But the Bible reveals to us that he goes to Jerusalem in the daytime. And then in the nighttime, he retreats and goes to Bethany. Bethany is, is a trackable distance from Jerusalem. That's where he goes to resort. And I, I've been, I had a problem trying to find out why would Jesus always go back to Bethany to stay? Did he have places in Jerusalem to dwell? Then I came to realize that the scripture is trying to show us a contrast here. Because in Bethany, I came to realize that he stayed with Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Simon the leper. They were all relatives. In fact, they stayed in the same house, according to my story. Are you with me now? And there was one factor about those people that loved Jesus. Now, I want you to understand the situation of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place 
that was governed by religious tradition and in jerusalem jesus was rejected but jesus would rather stay in Bethany, where he was known did you get it now so it's either that our christianity is the jerusalem version that is full of tradition and in the midst of the rigor of the pious nature and sacramental nature of the tradition it locks the door on jesus and shuts the door on jesus and rejects jesus they were satisfied with their tradition they were satisfied with their religion and jesus did not stay there jesus moved over to bethany for a smaller settlement very humble settlement and stayed in a congested house because it was in that place that he was born. And so he launched out from Bethany in the morning time. He goes to Jerusalem and at the close of the day, he walks back. And this is supposed to illustrate something to us. The entire Israel was supposed to love him. But they chose tradition and religion much more than him. His place of abode was a place of love. You will recall also that it was in Bethany that Mary came to Jesus and anointed Jesus. You recall also. And by the time Mary was anointing Jesus, everybody in the room screamed and shouted. It was a waste. And they wanted to know to what purpose that waste was allowed by the master. Meanwhile, Jesus speaked in the spirit and knew that the woman was preparing him for his burial. It was not so obvious at that point in time that Jesus needed preparation for his burial. I last contact I explained extensively the implication of what she did and how treasurable and how precious the ointment that she broke that day on Jesus was all was an act of love and Jesus was moved by her action to make a profound statement that wherever the gospel was preached what this woman has done shall be reckoned as a memorial. Are you still with me now? Now the gospel is that Jesus loves us. And that gives rise to salvation. Are you with me now? The gospel is what is that what? Jesus loves me. But that woman's story is that she loved Jesus. And that gives birth to consecration. Now let's start again. The gospel means Jesus loves us. Help me now. Repeat after me. Okay, let's start again. It's, it's, it's not straight. I said the gospel means that Jesus loves us. But the story of Mary means that she loved Jesus. Now the love of Jesus gives birth to salvation and the love of Jesus by us gives birth to consecration. Can you see it now? Because she loved Jesus, nothing in her life was so 
so important that she could not use in the service of Jesus. Consecration. She gave all that she was. So it was easy to give all that she had. She loved Jesus and she consecrated to him. Everything that she was and had. But Jesus loves us. And he gave himself for us. And that is what created the possibility of salvation. Do you realize that the reason why you struggle in spiritual things is just because you don't love Jesus? And the truth of the matter is that we have we are a generation that have no practical love for Jesus. Because anytime people begin to experience and walk in the love of Jesus, you are going to see sacrifices that make them look like madmen before ordinary people. To what purpose is this waste? My question to you today is what have you really done for Jesus? Every time people come for meetings, they are expecting that Jesus will heal, deliver, stretch forth his hand to the first generation, second generation, do family deliverance, bring down the altar, raise the dead that died last week, and bring money. Meanwhile, people like Mary had come to a point where there was nothing they wanted Jesus to do for them. Everything that Jesus had done for them was okay for them. And by the reason of the revelation of the value of Jesus, she was willing and ready to give not just herself, but all that she had if it would do Jesus' service. What have you done for Jesus? And if there's no practical testimony to what you are doing consistently for Jesus, it is a symptom that your heart has been carried by something else. And the Bible has shown us the two planes of possibility. It's either that God, through his love, is ruling your heart, or the world system has found a way and beguiled you and raised idols upon your heart that sap your strength, sap your energy, sap your money, sap your time, sap your interest, sap everything around. But it was a revelation of the value of Jesus that was placed upon her heart and she was ready to give everything. When you see in your Bible that the Bible says that um, in the book of Romans chapter 12 where it said that we should offer ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. That's a call to consecration. But there was no time every man or any man ever consecrated unto God if he did not see a revelation of, a, of God and sustain an understanding of God's value. In the case of Abraham, when God called him out of his country, out from among his people, the Bible made us to understand in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 7 that God appeared to him. That was what led to his consecrating. Deciding to follow God even though he did not know where he was going. You don't see great sacrifices in the life of people that have no love for God. No. Don't, in any realm, they don't, they don't see any need to stand up and pray in the night. There's no need to do anything extra. It's just a body. No, Jesus paid all the price. He did everything. We don't need to do anything now. Just wake up and speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word of power. Speak the word of faith. Declare thou that thou might, mightest be justified. Somebody say amen. 
That's the current message of faith. Devoid of love. Full of treachery. Hallelujah. Well, I'm trying to open, just open some, some things, okay? <laughs> I trust that God will help us. Jesus would rather stay in Bethany. He will reveal himself and manifest himself to the heart that loves him. I was privileged to see two people give their life to Christ under the power of the Holy Spirit. And two of them wept and came to the altar and cried out to Jesus. And, 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 and I was honored. I was given the honor by God to lead them to Christ. And I took my time and, uh, in order to do a good job for God. Hallelujah. I took them to a rigorous questionnaire process. Rigorous. Are you ready to leave everything? And they cried and gave me answers. And I was privileged thereafter to check on them to see the progress they are making in the, spiritually. And there was one among them that I don't know what happened to him. You always find him in the church hall praying in the morning time. Then he will go out for work. He will come back. He will pray in the evening time. And so much so that God touched him so much. He went home and took most of his stuff and gave out. Hallelujah. And guys thought he was mad and he kept on going like that. And the other guy fused into the choir and began to sing. Glory, glory, Lord. Jesus. And he was enjoying the whole thing. And from the eyes of the pastor that wants people to be in the choir, wants people to be in the church. He felt the other guy that joined the fused into the choir was more resourceful to him. Especially after that, he had known that the guy was, was into reggae singing, reggae. And he had fused into the choir. And before we knew it, he was singing reggae, reggae praise. Jesus. Until one of those days, he was caught up in the praise and he, he forgot and sang a song of the world, Zigaozi. And then he, he changed it again and, and went back. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Malabolomoskadiamasale. <laughs> he, he, he went into the flesh for five minutes and brought back something from the archives of his heart it was enough reason for the pastor to discern that there is darkness in this man but nobody noticed the interlude but people that had grown all night in night vigil they picked it when there was a shift in the spirit because demons were, 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 were elevated by the few moments of recognition that he gave them years later the man that joined the choir went back to smoking and drinking. And the young man that was giving everything, sometimes a heavy salmon comes, he lies on the ground flat. And the ground wasn't as good as this one. People say this one is, is, is tending to, to madness. And the guy came to me and opened up one day. He said, Pastor, do you know, do you know me? Say, said, I killed somebody before. I killed. So he, he could not understand how God will forgive a murderer. Every time he came to church and a sermon went forth, he remembered that he killed. And he wonders about that salvation that could come to a murderer. And that guy rose up to be a mighty, he's a mighty preacher till today. And he's a selfless preacher. 
he said if you could deliver me from my sin then even if you don't give my wife any child and we just live like that we will live like that giving you glory but today you need to speak so many lies to the church of this day Tell them that on Wednesday something will fall from heaven. A cherubim escaped from heaven. He went to the back door of heaven. He was galloping because he carried so much cargo. Looking for your name. Looking for your place. Something is about to happen. Turn your Bible with me quickly to the book of First Kings chapter 4. story of the gospel is that God loves us. But the story of Mary is that she loved God. May that be your own story. So that wherever the gospel is preached, the preacher will have to pause and tell your story. I know a woman that loves God. You become part of the gospel message. Because your life manifests a reality that that your testimony can bring people into accurate relationship with God in the book of first Kings chapter 4 we see a story of Solomon here it's a summary amen are you there first Kings 4 we read from verse 32 and he spake three thousand proverbs and his songs were a thousand and five and so in all solomon wrote three thousand proverbs and he wrote one thousand and five songs are you with me are you following me now now he said johnny said johnny okay he wrote how many proverbs three thousand proverbs he wrote how many songs now one thousand and five songs now, among his songs, there is one song. And that song is called the Song of Songs. And that is the song that is in the book of Songs of Solomon. Wrote 105 songs. It's the 104 songs were not disclosed. Only one of them was isolated out of the mighty archives of the songs he wrote. And it was amplified an eight-chapter song. A poetic discourse and display of something that God wanted amplified in scripture so that we can look upon it and gain understanding. That 105th song, 1005th song of Solomon is called the Song of Songs. Can we move to the book of Songs of Solomon now as we go on a journey? Because the Bible says that if the love of the father is in us then we will not love the world so what the disease and the affliction of modern day Christianity is that is devoid of an active vital presence of the love of God now look upon it quickly songs of Solomon chapter 1 the Bible says the song of songs that means among all the songs that Solomon wrote this one stood out 
it was a song among songs and solomon called it what the song of songs hallelujah i say hallelujah the song of songs it is a song of a king because solomon was writing about himself but just as i said christ is a spiritual entity and there are several metaphors that actually point to christ within this context solomon was writing about himself and the love that he had concerning a lady and solomon being a king loved a lady that dwelt in the countryside just imagine the governor of benway state now goes to the very very um uh, creeks of 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 way west local government and and looks upon a damsel as he was fetching firewood and he this jesus the lord give you understanding in order <laughs> solomon looked upon a lady called the sulamite girl and in those days there was so much of strata in society in fact if you are a king you are sentenced to a lifestyle such that the options of who you can you can marry are not too many you must have to cleave to no, no nobility because there's a status that you cannot go 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 beneath or beyond hallelujah and now solomon fell in love with this dancer and in order for him to make the love good he had to disguise as a countryman he had to despise his kingship he had to walk like every other man in the countryside in order to be able to woo this this dancer hallelujah that's what god did it is an illustration of how god far god could go because he was motivated by love the bible says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and when his son came his son did not count his equality with god anything to cling to and he came like a countryman because love is his motivation he needs to get to the other side there's somebody he must reach and touch there's somebody he must attract to himself and he needs to look as much as that person before the person will be able to respond to him adequately and accurately and solomon was in that situation and he was ready to pay the price to make his love good are you still with me here so the book of solomon reveals what i call a perfect or an excellent marriage are you here now and as we read the book of songs of solomon you are going to see the love experience that we are supposed to have with god in four phases there are four dimensions of that love and if you can give that love half a chance to grow on your inside it will sterilize you and insulate you from every attraction of the world and put you in the center place where your eyes looks only unto god are you still with me if you're still here say amen that law has four levels and as we study the book of songs of Solomon and begin to open it you begin to see the first plane of that law as God reaches out to receive you unto himself and the Bible makes us to understand that if this love of God takes root inside of you this is the only thing strong enough to deliver you from the influence of the world are you see here now so let's just begin it now now first of all I want us to look at the first part of the songs of Solomon what is the title or the subheading that we can attach 
to the first part of the book of songs of solomon number one we can call it drawn to pursue christ for sanctification for a long time i've been studying this that's the best way i can put it drawn to what to pursue christ for sanctification and i'm going to explain every bit of that as we open the book of songs of solomon and follow it through now come with me quick ecclesiastes chapter 3 quick ecclesiastes 3 in ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 the bible says he had made everything beautiful in his time also he has set the worlds in their heart so that no man can find out the work that god maketh from the beginning to the end now notice in this scripture the bible reveals to us that god did a secret thing to you and me when he was creating us and the secret thing that god did was that he placed an implant of eternity on your heart he placed a seed of eternity upon your heart and it's only that which comes from the realm of eternity that can quench the test of that seed and the implant of eternity upon your heart there are many things that you may do in order to quieten the voice of that implant there are several people you know those days on campus if you were in room 30a for instance and the guy in 30b switches on his radio oh it will seem i don't know how they constructed that building to seem as if the radio is in your own room all forms of quietness have been lost because the man has a radio then it, it was after a long while that i found out why the guy loud sets his radio on loud it's because there was an implant of eternity that was drawing his mind and his heart to sound reason and he wanted to consciously quieten that voice that was speaking him once and again hallelujah and he found a way let's confuse the whole thing mix up all the sound so that we don't know which one is from within and which one is from without but you see it's an implant from eternity now you can understand when jesus went to the water side in the book of john chapter 4 and this woman came to meet with him at the well notice that it was jesus that advanced and initiated the discussion jesus said to her give me water to drink hallelujah just like jesus will always do every time you wake up in the morning he will try to advance himself toward you he will do something that will attract you hallelujah he might lay a song upon your spirit when last did you hear that song i hope it's not longer ago a song you never kindled by yourself it just it just came up like a flame and it's just going on the inside he's trying to attract you and he looked upon the woman and said i need some water to drink and a discussion was set in motion and unknown to the woman she did not understand who was speaking to her and the woman said well well you are a jew and i'm from samaria and in the customs in these parts i know you have not been in the village for a long time 
but the old custom still stands Jews and Samaritans don't have dealings and Jesus said oh my God if you know the gift of God and whom it, it is that speaks with you you would have asked him and he would have given you what living water the woman now said you have come again everybody in the Jewish nation wants to behave like a prophet you speak deep and you speak strong now where do you have the, the kettle to draw water from or to draw water with and Jesus said he that drinketh of this well he shall test again but he that drinketh of the water that I give it shall be in him a spring of water unto eternal life Jesus is saying that I am the one that placed the implant of eternity upon your heart and I'm the only one that can supply that which can satisfy the yearning of that implant are you still with me sorry I gave you a wrong stuff here drawn to pursue Christ for satisfaction sorry not sanctification but satisfaction I'm the one that placed the, the implant do you think there is anything in the world that can quench it you can get fall in love with a particular um, series of films we call it season 1 season 2, season 3 and my god you say oh, at least I have 30 episodes to go hallelujah and that can deaden and dull make your, sense, your spiritual senses dull such that you don't understand what's happening and you are just liking the film and liking it but he that drinketh everything that the world provides as a substitute to quench the test to quench the, the cry of that implant may try as much as possible but a point will come where it will fail to deliver because that implant was placed from eternity say seed of eternity and only that which has authority in eternity can quench it I remember there was a time like that in Abuja I came from Kano after my youth service and I was staying with my sister hallelujah you know they were working for the government in the high places and the house had AC everywhere Jesus and it was in a Julius Beggar facility so there was light 24 hours in a day there was water every day I was living as if I was not in this nation my God for long my feet doesn't touch the ground because I'm moving around on the rug Jesus those days that I had internet services on my on my table and so I just come to the place like that and I, I browse. And then browsing was not that common. Wasn't that common. I had a phone in the deck that was for free. I could make, I made calls for one hour. I made calls for two hours on the phone. Just, Jesus. Oh, my wife is looking at me. That was when I, we were in motion. Amen. And I, I, see, I had to put, I had to, the conviction needs to be in place. I had to put a wage here. I had to put that to, Jesus, I was at work. The Lord give you understanding. <laughs> Amen. I was at work. I was busy. And we had we had we had one satellite in the house. And I, I, I was in the house one day. They brought some gadgets. They fixed another one again. My bro brother-in-law said, if you are tired with the one in the parlor, you can come to the sitting room. Just enjoy, relax. You have been fasting for so long. See your bones are out now. 
and I and I believed him. I believed. I said, yeah, I've, I've been around. I've been around. I've been, I've been preaching this gospel. I, I've been in oh my Jesus. I've been around, and I gave myself to rest. Oh gee. And after two months, I tried one day to speak in tongues because the last strand of sensitivity I had picked a demon in the house. So I showed up to shout, and no tongues. The tongues dried up. Have you ever stood up one of those days spontaneously to do something and like Samson you never knew that your strength had gone? Love not the world. And the things I was involved with were not simple. I was doing internet. Just watching films. Jesus. And the more I gave my heart onto the things that were around me, the more I saw that he had no compatibility with my spirit life. I had to repent that day. Meanwhile, as I was back, in this my backsliding state, I was a good preacher in Abuja. I was receiving invitations. And when I come on the pulpit, I say, my God, so, oh! <laughs> and I love, <laughs> but no, there was no Jesus again in the heart. I was using all my skills. I, I had to, sometimes I need to pre-plan the message and do some juggernaut in the parlor because I knew if I miss one line, I miss the whole sum. No inspiration. When I found out I had backslidden far, I located the library. Because in the house there's a library. It was soundproof. If you shout in the library, Someone outside the library will not hear you. And I entered the fast. I said to the dead. But that which I had in my spirit has to rise again. In order for me to maintain and to build my spiritual life again, I had to disconnect from everything around. Yes, I could make some notes if I go on the internet. I could even find pictures and sermons to download. So many advantages were available to me. But I knew that he that drinketh of this well he will test again it's only the one that put the implant of eternity that has sufficient authority to provide and to prescribe a solution to that fire do you realize that there's an implant on your inside if you get angry and go around and leave God for one month two months the day the devil uses his hammer to hit you, you remember that you are empty, you are empty. You will, you will find your way back. Because everything you run on that is not Christ will expire. Every form of excitement you derive from it will expire. In the first few weeks when I came to that house, I, I loved the place. And my God, they used to ferry me in official cars around town. When I come out of the car, Jesus, I, I come out with a limp. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the day we went to prepare my international passport, I didn't know that there were elaborate forms to fill. We just got there and I, the driver said, please, just remain in the car, remain in the car. And they went, I said, okay, now you can come and take your shot. They, they were ferrying me like a man that was sick to go snap. And when I came, the line, the line scattered. And I, and I sat down. And the, the man snapped. He, he was even shaking. And he took my shot. In the evening that day, my international passport came. Jesus. But he that drinketh, 
there is an extent to which that can excite you but a time will come where everything that makes a carnal man glad will lose its authority because that implant is crying out for another substance he said I place it there so that you can seek me in the wilderness so that you can strive for satisfaction and if you really get serious to be satisfied then I will show up and, and dig a well in you and, and establish and found a borehole something that will spring with the momentum of eternal life that will connect you with the heavens so that you can draw all of heaven and bring it to the earth I'm going to dig that well and seek that well inside of your heart because Jesus wants us to be intoxicated when you become intoxicated everything that your soul and your heart is bound upon will lose its authority and its place and you will cry alas master the cure that God has secured for the attractions of the world is that there is a love situation that he has created in your spirit now I need you to understand let's follow it gradually I'm rushing and I, I don't want it. We are not following. It is no mistake that the book of Songs of Solomon was placed after the book of Ecclesiastes. Because in the book of Ecclesiastes, that's the book of vanity, where Solomon was allowed to try everything. If Solomon wants to testify about beer drinking, first of all, he becomes a drunkard. He tries Sazembra, he tries legend. He tries treat tree export. Then he cools down with BBL. Then it, he writes a, 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 a paragraph. And he stumbles into star. He looks at all the liquors and lagers. Breaks over into squadron. Looks upon the red wine. And then he will counsel you. Do not look upon wine. When it is red. It has a face that it can attract you. But when you are beguiled by it. You are not wise. <laughs> when he wants to write about women, he travels to Ethiopia, as far as Ethiopia, and upon the upon his his, his camel, as his camel is, is is galloping into the city, he oh my god, he he looks around and looks for black a black woman, all kinds. He, you need a short one. He had dealings with. Then he wrote and say. I have seen an evil thing under the sun. <laughs> if Solomon used his whole lifetime to test all the dimensions of vanity, you don't need to go the same way. He has already judged it. Follow his, his testimony. Oh, here I cry. Save us hmm. It was a book of vanity. And for every time he had a complete experience to talk about, he ended with what? Vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. He is revealing to us that the purposes of God are no longer in the old creation. For God's spirit has been withdrawn from that creation. All that is left is vanity. This emptiness upon emptiness. 
unfolding in a continuous evolution of emptiness if you follow it long enough you hit the emptiness if you go long enough you will hit the emptiness you might see somebody mighty politician stole so much money has so much influence and you desire to be like him you know in nigeria we hail people that move through the wrong road they are heroes even for people in the church because the devil has beguiled us and corruption has a place in our heart the bible says that he puts them on slippery places the disaster of of a sinner man is not instant he he has some time to show off and when he has done his best the sovereignty of god and the judgment of god comes upon him and if that day of judgment comes nothing can deliver him nothing can see so in the book of of, of ecclesiastics the the final story is what vanity upon vanity and then the book of songs of solomon is a book of what the song of songs so the meaning of that is that god will take you from vanity upon vanity and when you covenant with him he'll take you to where the song of songs it is a continuation of that which solomon had seen and known and he was making us to understand that it was actually christ that is in us that is the song of the saints and the song he sings is a song of love to draw you from every form of indulgence with the world to a place of consecration and submission and you'll be drawn by love to the four pedestals of love so you are insulated and isolated and your life becomes a practical manifestation of what you were ordained by God to be and at that point in time maybe the only reason why you might go for a phd is not just to earn more money because god has revealed that there's a platform in the academic circle that you need to stand to to be his prophet if god reveals to you if, if the only reason why you might be in a bank zenith bank access bank it's not because the salary is 240,000. it must be because god had revealed to you that there's a need for an intercessor there and your place of primary assignment we will be sending back as you count the money you speak in tongues as you balance the checks you prophesy as you my god we need ministry everywhere and the only reason why you are in the world is so that you can make disciples of every creature from vanity upon vanity into the song of songs it was Jesus that boasted them and said now is the judgment of this world now the prince of this world is cast out and if I be lifted up I will what? draw now let me show you something do you remember that day you gave your life to Christ? you didn't plan to give your life to Christ but something happened it happened within the sphere of your heart oh my god I had bad plans I tell you to become a gangster I was walking my way deliberately to become one <laughs> i didn't plan to give my life to christ they were preaching the gospel in my house every day my mother will wake up and and pray and say lord our father we were under obligation to say amen not because we believe in the prayer you know that's that <laughs> oh, oh. under obligation because if you don't say amen see, you will end up and so why are there you say I believe in you. 
Jesus. Only God can save a man's soul. If I tell you the way I submitted to God, you will not believe. <laughs> and he will use the most flimsiest of ways. But he has said before that if only I can be lifted up. I will have a connection with the hearts of men. And I will draw them. It is that drawing that makes you pursue. You didn't pursue because you willed and you wanted to pursue. But it is a drawing. Now let's go to Songs of Solomon. And you see the Song of Songs. At least let me open just two things. I will close today. I want to the first thing you see in the book of Psalms of Solomon chapter 1 verse 2 the Bible says let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for thy love is better than wine every time we move from one level of the progression of love to another you are going to see a worldly substitute that his love will deliver from now in verse 2 of songs of solomon chapter 1 you see the substitute there wine do you get it wine it was the kisses of his mouth that delivered him from and a kiss is something that is intimate and it's personal because in the book of songs of solomon god is not relating to his corporate body here but it's relating to the individual believer are you here now? So it was modified and modeled in such a way as to put the individual believer in context that even though we are so many on the earth that call upon his name, he has time and he has capacity to attend to every one of us as if you were the only one that was in the world that was calling upon his name. And so when the Bible speaks about the kisses of his mouth, it's talking about something that you cannot do to many people if you want to he does that too it's personal intimate and passionate and notice that it's him doing it why do you think that after you gave your life to Christ you started snapping out of the, the um, things that you were used to started snapping out he was drawing you to himself Encouraging you with kisses. Right inside of your spirit, a song begins to loom on the inside. It's not a song that you kindle. Almost every day I wake up with a song in my spirit. And I start that day by singing that song. And when I come to the meeting, when the man strikes the keyboard and he enters that song, most of the time they break into that song. And then I sing it. And then the one I worshipped in the, in, the, in the secret. When I sing his songs, he comes down in the open. <laughs> he, 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 he creates and stirs an atmosphere for intimacy. It's only you that will receive the song if you knock on the other person's heart. Maybe there's a song there, but it's not the one you have. It's an individual commitment from God. To show you his level of commitment over your life. And that becomes something that begins to drag you. 
into a pursuit. The other guy that gave his life to Christ the same day you gave your life to Christ may not understand why you are so crazy. But that which looms within your heart moves with vitality and strength. It's compelling. I remember those days I was still a preacher on campus but I was a guy man. You know you can preach the gospel and guy and do guy and blend the two. I, I managed to blend the two for a long time. Jesus did not rebuke me. I still moved in the anointing once and again. <laughs> and the time came in my life, I began to pray for more of God. My Sancho's boots, 17,000 naira. One day I just showed up in the room and I didn't like it anymore. Because when the passion begins to grow, your sense of need begins to change so abruptly. Because something unknown to you is drawing you. <laughs> it's something intimate hallelujah and I remember those days I, I said okay God I know you want you are calling me but I'm, I'm good as a believer I just want to be a believer I don't want to answer any call now I don't want a call now because I, I've seen the things that happen to people that are called and I don't like to be one of those kind of people but I said okay Lord if you do this one miracle at least show me now that you are committed to me. Do this miracle. And they were, they were taking the basket around. They said, write your name and put inside. And anybody's name you pick, you are owing the, the person one gift. I said, that's good. Okay, God, you want me to answer call? Let that person pick my name now. I'll follow you. But if, you, if the person does not pick my name, stop disturbing me. You see, I am not a hypocrite. I say it the way it is. And I tell God too, that this one is too hard. I'm not a religious man. I say, oh, well, we do it, we do it, and then you go and you escape. Me, I will say, right now. He will say, do like I say, no. Hallelujah. And when the list, the basket went round, and there were three people left. It means that the probability ratio, what they call that thing, sample space, had been reduced to the uttermost. Then the person now picked. And the person now came to me and said, I pick your name. Instantly, cold came on my body. It was as if he was standing by my back and laughing. Well, you see this thing, <laughs> this thing, have, has God done any personal thing to you? Because kisses are personal. I said, that's the only thing I wanted. And he had to do a personal thing. Well, nobody knew what happened in that hall that day, but I knew that. I wonder. I wonder. Oh, I wonder. And when he comes and begins to do those personal things to you, the reason why he's doing it is because he wants to draw you. So that nothing will take your attention from him. No situation, no circumstance will make you veer off from the tangent. Has he done anything personal to you? You prayed in private. You didn't even feel that your prayer was heard. But just when you were done praying and you 
you stepped out you saw strange manifestations he keeps the side of the bargain so that his people can be drawn to him and as you begin to respond to his attempts towards you he begins to take you into his bedchamber that's intimate fellowship he wants to draw you to a place where you give all your attention to him you know you can receive a kiss and your mind is somewhere but he wants to take you to a deeper place and verse 4 talks about the bedchamber where he can have intimate fellowship with you It took me many years to get there. If there was anything I was afraid of was to fast consistently. Some of you are, you have so much weight. When you stand on the weighing scale, you weigh so much. But some of us, we have tried to change the figure on the weighing scale many times. Didn't work. But we know that if we're going through a little fasting, the, 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 the thing will change. The weighing scale will change down. So we felt there was a sense of duty to maintain the weight. Let it not go too, too much. Let it not diminish too, because hey, hallelujah. I had a problem with fasting. And he was trying to get me to his bed chamber and for many years that was the issue. You can see everything. Let's do night vision. No problem. But wait, say, let's fast. How can we fast? My fragile look, my golden frame will be compromised. <laughs> It will, it will be compromised. It was an invitation inside. And when he saw that I was not willing to come to the bedchamber, what he did was the other option. He allowed the sun, the noonday sun. If you check it there, you see. The noonday sun came upon the damn cell. That means he allowed some hardships. I found myself in a situation where the only way to survive was to fast and pray. So I fasted more than he wanted. I fasted for 240 days. I, I, the invitation he extended to me, I don't think it was up to 240 days. But because I, I did not yield, he said, okay, no, we have a way of dealing with this. He allowed the scourging son. So there are several times also that God as you are even following him, he might even lead you to a bitter place. It's him that led you. But the place you went to is bitter. Just like he led the children of Israel from Egypt. And he led them to Mara. He was the one leading them under the cloud and fire. But he led them to a place where the water was bitter. Because there is something about your morning seasons. You know the Bible says that morning is better than rejoicing. In what context is morning better? When you mourn. Have you realized you think well? Your thoughts are well filtered. It comes out with deep discernment. It comes out with gravity. But when you are rejoicing, you make oaths. You take oaths without knowing. So sometimes, he will lead you the way of bitterness. So that when you see the helplessness of the circumstances, you can cry. And then, 
all his invitations so that you can come to the bed chamber is fulfilled because he allowed some bitterness around that's how i got into the fasting spree and then the gates of the spirit were open to me hallelujah it was in his bed chamber then i knew that the heavens was not too far from the earth in distance it was only concealed from the earth because it, it was in another dimension i was determined to hit 240 days and on the 200 day there was no more strength in my body 221 days you won't like me if you see me 230 days i was lying on the bed and the strength had left it was in one of those days 238 days i felt as if my legs were paralyzed but i did not know that it was an angel that touched it and while i thought i was dying then my eyes were open and i saw an angel as i would see a man then i knew that in god were many depths that i did not know that all my days of running away from intimacy had robbed me of reality my eyes were open and the angel walked with me and gave me a handshake i said come with me and my spirit left my my body and he ferried with me to the very heavens of god that was where i was so excited i did not look at my chest i was just looking up like and then when we came to the place where i was being led it was a cluster of light and the angel said here he is but he has a problem that was when i removed my gaze from around i looked at myself and saw blackness like this hey who is this then they discussed they were discussing they said that's pride it's pride i saw pride in the spirit it was you will not want to look upon it hallelujah then something like water entered because i was changed to something like glass glass that was when i could see through myself and i saw pride black then water came and passed through the glass that was the day god told me i have purged you so do i need to fast for 240 days for you to purge me obviously i didn't need to fast that long but what actually kept me away from his back chamber pride and he wanted me to see it so that i will be able to discern it anytime it's rising from my heart i'll remember how black there is a place many of you are operating from afar and this is still the first plane when it begins to kiss you to attract you and then you partake in accurate worship in spirit and truth then he moves you into his bedchamber he takes your consciousness away from your soul and your body and he moves you to where you are conscious of what is going on in your spirit that's his bedchamber 
From that time, I became conscious of the movements of God upon my spirit. When God moves upon my spirit, I get to know. Because his dealings have brought me to a, a place where I was conscious of what was going on on my inside. Do you want to know God? What will make you escape the vicious inferno of the world system? Is that your love for God becomes heightened and vitalized daily. This is the first step. We'll move to step two. Move to step three. By the time you, you stand in step four. And I'll show you examples of men that got to that place. How that by the prophecies of Daniel, Israel knew that her time of deliverance had come. But when everybody was going back to from the land of captivity, Daniel stood and said, My place is here. <laughs> my place. It was not like Joseph that died and said, When you are going, remember my bones. Daniel was alive. My place is here. When you hear the prophet say that the, the hidden have taken our tokens, he was saying, talking about the graves of men like Nahum, men like Daniel. That litter the streets of Iraq, Babylon. Because God gave a promise that I will come for you. So they knew that it didn't matter where they slept. He will surely come. Have you ever seen a man that was given freedom but he did not accept to be free? People that they say, okay, deny Christ now and be free. They say, no, oh, die. not accepting deliverance. Because the world could not offer them anything successfully. You want to pray tonight and say, Lord, take me to your bedchamber. I've been walking in the periphery. That's why when simple trouble, when financial stress comes upon me, instantly I begin to curse. But the Bible says, Sarah receives strength that she will bring forth because she judged him faithful who had promised. Where do you function from? The average Christian operates in the shallow waters. Meanwhile, God calls us to fellowship in the deep. For he said, deep, call it unto deep. At the noise of thy water sprouts, all thy waves have, and billows have gone over me. Rise on your feet, let's pray. Take me deeper. you feel everything a carryover hits you and for two months you are blanked out you feel like cursing God in your heart but you, you say well if I do so and, and one believer gets to hear me he will say I, I, I blaspheme when things happen trivial things happen and they take all of your peace away it's because your connection with God is in the shallow places somebody cried to him take me deeper Something deeper than this must come upon the body of Christ for us to fulfill the demands of the kingdom in this day and time. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. 
deeper. The Egyptians can meet with you where you are standing. But there is a place that you can function from. A place of intimacy. A place of deep depth in fellowship. Where you cannot be moved by that which your eyes can see. You can't be moved by that which your ears can hear. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. Deeper. From vanity upon vanity to the song of songs. And Christ becomes the song in your spirit. He places music inside of you. As he calls you to the altar of fellowship. To the place of prayer. The passion upon the heart of God's people has grown gross, has waxed cold. Take me deeper so that your Christian faith and your Christian experience will not be mechanical. There is a place of reality. That's where he wants you to dwell. He wants you to dwell there. And then all the raging inferno of vanity seeking you will not be strong enough to get you he that drinketh of this well shall thirst again only Jesus has that which can quench the cry of the implant of eternity on your inside deeper Jesus hold me close in your embrace take me deeper deeper than I ever been before I just want to love you love you more and more how I long to be deeper in love why we are so carnal and so inclined to mundane things whenever there's no money your pocket is as if the Holy Spirit has gone on break you no longer yield to the attractions in your spirit as he calls you to the place of prayer the place of communion everyone that loves the world the love of the Father is not in him the answer to the lukewarmness of the church today that's the answer to the dryness and the mechanical nature of Christianity somebody pray tonight and say Lord take me deeper Ilamazena, 
Shale Baba Nama Ayaye La Mama Sana Samana Nama Ela Paradosana Shanina Tena Branda Baba Bolaka Ina Masana Ola Na 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 Sena Na Mosa Na Na Maladai Shela Matena Branda Lai Mona Samena Shela Balando Ala La 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 Masela Bado Alena <laughs> Shen <laughs> Bola na maseta na malai, sheli nene la bada bala masala de malai, bola ma, ana na masana mama, mama la la bo, sheni na pera na manasada, yela baska pera da bala na mino, ay mama, ha la 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 bala ba, bala ba. Shela balada musalai, oh managada maskada balande musalai. Ramina shela mama, mama la la yana, mara balai, mara basola manta maladai. Vela brenda maskade bada basalai, vela basaboya. Lift your voice and call upon him. I wanna be. Right where you are, I wanna see your face, oh my God. I wanna hear your voice every day. I, I wanna be, I wanna be where you are. I wanna see you, I wanna know your body language. I wanna see you, I wanna hear your voice. I, I wanna be right where you are. Holding the beauty of your holiness, hearing the touch of your tenderness. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us every every day. Shayamana, <laughs> 
pray to him Extend of days we praise your name. God our Father, we sing your praise. We worship you, we worship you. We sing your praise. And he can come so close to you that you can feel him and touch him. And your heart begins to burn like flames of fire. We thank you. We worship you. Jesus name I see several of us you had a rich relationship with God before and then the clusters of troubles and situations came and choked your spirit choked your spirit and the time came you yielded to the enemy just keep playing what you were playing before If you are in that category, can you put your hand on your chest and talk to him passionately? I need you, Lord. I want to see your face, oh God. I want to hear your voice. I need you. I need you. Oh, righteous one. I want to see your face, oh God. I want to hear your voice speak to me. I need you. I need you. Oh, I need you. Fellowship with God can come back strong. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. When you get back home, look for a place that only you will stand. If possible, shut the door and tell Jesus, I love you.
and make that a habit. I love you. We ask that you revive this flame. Draw us close, draw us near. We want to come. We want to come. We want to come. We want to come. Thank you, Father. You may be sitting. Please let the offering baskets go around now as we close. I've seen a lot of people here you have been desiring to pray more than you are, you are, that you are doing now. You seem not to see the ability. But there's grace from the Lord. There's grace from the Lord. You can choose your time that is convenient to you. Say, Lord, from 12 to 1 in the night time, I'm going to stand up, not because I want money, not because I want a wife, just because I want you. Many times we fast and pray for the wrong things. Fast and pray for God to move sovereignly and bring some money into our pocket. Fast and pray so that the husband will, God will locate him. Even if he's in quite a state. And by terrible things in righteousness, he'll find himself in Benwellings. He'll be ferried down to Makodi town. And in the, on a hot Wednesday morning, he will bump into you and say, I need you. Why not be preoccupied with Jesus? And he will take care of everything that is not within your due description. And you will know that he's the one walking. When last did you kneel? And you said to him passionately, not hypocritically, I need you. What are the things that make you see that you need God? Is it only when you collide with a misfortune that you remember, Ah, oh, Jesus. as pressed as Jesus was and his shadows were so tight the Bible says he will withdraw himself from the multitude aside so that he can commune and the last time we counted how many hours he did that in our little counting little knowledge of chronology in scripture he prayed for 11 hours and he just had a crusade and he left the crusade there was, he said okay let's go and rest now let's go and rest and then he now sent the people away and told the apostles, oh, you guys go in the ship, I'll just meet you. And then he went to pray and we counted when he finished praying. It was 3 a.m. From the time he started praying, he had prayed for 11 hours. And by the time he was done with the prayer, he just strolled on water. <laughs> he just strolled on water. And the guys that left long time ago could not cover any distance because the wind was contrary. And when he, he came close, I said, Hey, hey, God. He said, No, it's me. Just felt like stretching my legs sometimes. You don't know how much power that is available at your disposal. But many times, situations and circumstances will come choke the life out of you. And you begin to pant upon an examination as if eternal life were tied to the certificate you are about to gain. If by any means you find yourself in Uniagric, the only reason why you are there, because there's a divine agenda of God that you are going there to accomplish. The world will say you are doing agric economics, but you know why you are there. You are standing there as God's point man to pray the Lord's prayer, to preach, to pray and prophesy until revival comes. 
If you ever need to go for a PhD so that you can access another platform that will give you the sphere of influence to dominate for the kingdom. We have no earthly reason to be here. There's no earthly, there's no worldly reason that is strong enough for why I'll be sitting in an office for 30 days. But while I sit behind that desk and meet weary people come in and sometimes the Lord opens my eyes and oh my God, where did you go? You went far. And by the time the Lord gives you one or two insights and the people break down in conviction, you present Jesus quietly. Meanwhile, you are still on the computer entering some data. That's the only reason why I'm there. It's a deep undercover movement. The type that, that Esther was operating. For many years, her, her, her nationality was endowed. It be, uh, that secret, out of secrecy, became an instrument of warfare in a day to come. Maybe God has brought you into the kingdom at such a time as this. What is your life contributing to the kingdom? Yes, you earn 60,000 naira every month. The truth is, 60,000 naira is not enough money. But. <laughs> How sixty thousand naira? Hey, that's why people can't grow. For the past twenty six years that he has worked in civil service, sixty thousand naira have been the god that has ruled. Any time is paid time, hypertension comes because the blood is thinking about how many ways to. to. Has the devil already put you in a cage already? And there, there's a way he rules over your life every day. You can break out. You can rebel. You can say there's a place I used to hear those whispers. There's a secret place that a voice used to come. But I was not wise enough. I thought that the sound of that voice would always come to me. So I despised it. Until the day came where the knock did not come no more. And when you seek it diligently, several times you may not find it so easily. It might take you into the wilderness. And another season opens up upon your life because you did not take advantage of the presence of God that was coming to you for free. Please do not take that lock, that knock lightly. If you have wisdom in your spirit, you will know it will not be there forever. Because he comes to look to seek you out with a kiss. And many people need more than a kiss to be drawn from what has entangled them. Arise, O oh God, and let your enemies be scattered. Let something move over you so strong that will give you a reason of heaven to be in the air. We are not of this world. We are ambassadors. Only heaven has a true meaning for your existence. It's written in the parchments, in the archives of God. And every time you become intimate with him, you begin to operate in the prophetic. He opens your understanding to a little more reason why you are operating here. I'm tired of the Christianity of our day. It is sick with all the infirmities of the world. The reason why most believers excite faith is for selfish reasons. I can get it too. I can do it too. And you are in the wrong template. Because the Bible said that faith only works by law. So that self-centered faith. That faith that is because of you. You are trying to do this because of I need this. Many times it doesn't work. And then you begin to understand the secret of life. God doesn't give you the strength to solve your own problems. 
but it gives you enough strength to solve other people's problems. Gives you enough anointing to heal other people. Last two weeks, I was seriously down on the bed with pains from my head down like. And my brothers in in in, in BSU called me. They said, "We have the exam. Please come and bless us." I I managed. My wife helped me. They didn't know I came there under pressure. And I came there. God was supplying strength to bless other people. Meanwhile, his man was dying. And I put the hand on my body. Lord! He didn't hear me. My own, my own went through process of recovery. I felt every day of the recovery. Why will God empower you to bless men? But you can't help yourself. That should reveal to you that God is more interested in you looking outward than you are. And all of your faith is to give you something. You don't, that's why you're still on that level. They lied to us when they preached faith to us. Faith is not just that currency by which you receive from God. Faith too can also get, get you to reject things. And faith, a faith of Noah was revealed in a fear. Have you been reading your Bible? He said, a faith Noah had was expressing what? A fear. I think we we'll need to go back to a faith too. And you'll see all the manifestations of faith. You'll know we don't have it in this generation. We don't have it. We don't have it. It doesn't exist in the citadels of the police houses where faith has been made a doctrine. It's a lifestyle of the spirit. It's an attitude that does not move until God is moving. It's a selfless attitude that looks from beyond you. God gives you capacity and power and ability to meet the needs of a gen generation. Meanwhile, he has not given you a child. He came to tell you that your name is he had changed your name. There's no child. But he has said you are a father of nations. You are reaching out, but you cannot reach back. He doesn't even give you the opportunity to look at yourself. Daniel was castrated in Babylon. He never cried out and said, God, why is it that I can't have children? He was a loyalist of Jesus. And in the days of the height of the, the iniquity of the, the land of Babylon, the hand appeared without a body. Wrote on the wall. Many, many, the care of a sin. And they had to send for him. At that point, he had retired from active service. He said, There's only one man in the days of your father, in whom is the wisdom of the gods. Only such a man can decipher this mystery. They had to seek his, his little cottage house where he had retired to, to die, and brought him back to active service. And he cried out that night. Thou have been weighed in the balances and found one. Their pleasure took them to a point where they despised God. Pleasure is a war of the heart that knows no boundary. Only the love of God can serve as a pivot that can hold us together. Don't allow that not go on, on, on answer. That call, don't allow it go unheeded many times it's the last link that we have to work with him there were several of us that God brought affliction you allowed affliction your way to push you a little further but instead the affliction made you despise and cause God and you have been a fugitive for the past 12 years you can return There's nothing that God does that is not by the motivation of love. I need you to know this. 
Tell your neighbor, he calls you. He calls you by your name. When you hear his voice, answer him. Please rise up, let's pray as a congregation. Please, as you leave this place, go back and act it out. Something personal. Try to close the door, shut the door, and lift your hands in the privacy of your room and say, Great one! I come. Have you been choked by situations and circumstances? Many things around your life that are more, more of questions than answers. The reason why you are in that valley is because you are disconnected from his passion. Please, your right hand up as a testimony. We call upon you tonight. Tonight of reconciliation, rededication, a night of consecration. In our various ways, in our little ways, by the operation of the canker worms, the palmer worms, the locusts, have eaten deep into the wealth of our fellowship with you. And in many ways we come back. Kindle a flame within our hearts. Let our long lost journey begin again. And for those of us that still have a flame on your candlestick, let the Lord multiply that fire. Amen. Through the flames, may he give you strength to navigate through darkness. That even when the storms are raging, you will be like Job. That was able to walk in darkness and to place his feet in butter. So let it be, Lord, that something will begin from tonight that will never die. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Five o'clock tomorrow, we'll still be here. Please try to be early. We'll, we'll, we'll do some small teaching and then we'll call on Jesus. All the telephone lines that have been cut off. You know, they sent me a text lately on my Zane line. And they said, please recharge to avoid being disconnected. Hallelujah. And just in case uh, an SMS message came from heaven. Your SIM card, your spirit has not been seen in the plains of glory for some time. You are at the risk of being disconnected. Just in case that warning sign came to you. We'll pray the Lord of, of Sabbath to extend the time. And one more time that fire will fall down from heaven and consume the sacrifice of your soul. In Jesus name. i see you tomorrow. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. There are some people that are supposed to There are some people that we decided That we are going to meet today If you are one of them Please don't go We have to meet Some people that we decided That we are going to meet today Please don't go if you are one of them Okay, it's Ungovan here Ungovan Sister Akagegi Please come um, Where is where is mommy charity? No, only the people in that meeting. Let's, they don't know. Let's. Mrs.